Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates gamblers pittsburgh steelers fans fans of the nfl shield nfl betters fantasy football players anyone i may have left out far and wide welcome in to episode number 114 of the talking the line podcast special shout out to luna rue of the sadiddy boys chicago-based group for that heater of an intro on our countdown wouldn't you know it the name of that song is actually called normal illinois hashtag roll birds Seriously. he actually uh attended isu for a few years there as well so shout out luna rue if you like that song we will drop the link in the description it is off of his new album night watch definitely go check that out but to you guys thank you as always, for stopping by today's show on this beautiful August 31st, 2021, last day of the month. Let's close it strong. But before we do, please take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the Talking the Line podcast on. If you are watching it, watching on youtube you might as well hit that notification bell over there as well so you never miss the start of a live show or any additional ttl crew content dropping as we might have a little bit to talk about at the end of the show but if you are listening to the audio recorded version on your favorite podcast directory make sure you hit that subscribe button there as well as we always do release the audio of every live show after each live show is over Next item up on the docket, if you could be so kind, you can find it in your heart. You got a couple extra seconds to do so. Hey, hit that like button, leave us a comment, leave us a rating, hop on over there in the live chat if you are watching live. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it when you do, and it only helps us make TTL Sports Media bigger and better for each and every one of you. Last, but certainly not least, head on over to this episode's description where you will locate the Talking the Line link tree. Within that link tree, you'll find the TalkingTheLine.com website, all of the TTL crew social platforms, and our additional content so you can consume that all, however and whenever you please. Ladies and gentlemen, beautiful people, joining us on episode number 114, I am your humble host, Colton, Cole45 Soroka, and once again, 
Thank you so much for choosing to stop by the TTL pod today. Can't tell you how much we appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. Well, I keep saying we are the crew, but I'm the only guy talking so far. So I need to bring in the second half of the Talking the Line sports media crew. My man sits to my left on every show, may soon be sitting to my left on a new show, but maybe not in the same location as me. Who's to say? Who's to say? A man that is elated that his White Sox are coming off a solid weekend against my Cubbies and now draw the Pirates at home in the South Side for a nice three-game series and two-game series, I apologize, and he is very excited to see his Green Bay Pack Go, pack, go in nine short days. Well, actually, it'll be 11 short days, but either way, 12 short days. Either way, no problem. (laughs) Let's bring him in. The man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself, Mr. Riley Armax Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, I am doing fantastic. Nine days, 11 days, 12 days. It doesn't matter. The clock is ticking, and we are getting... Very, very close to some real-life NFL football, and I cannot wait. We've got a hell of a show tapped up for us today, and, uh, you know, we've got a hell of a week tapped up for us as well. But uh, I'm excited for today, my man. We've got a nice little team here to talk about that, uh, you know, I've got some personal thoughts on. I don't know about you, but uh, a lot of interesting aspects for this team here we got today. Well, I would imagine we both have some personal thoughts on them as to why we would be doing this show on the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I like where you were going with that. (laughs) However, I would agree with you. A hell of a week ahead for us, and uh, days are just counting down for the NFL season here, my friend. Also, don't forget this Friday is a college football special edition. We'll uh, be hammering in picks all this week. we got a game tomorrow, and then half a dozen games on Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, it is back to it ladies and gentlemen so uh friday we had to uh set aside take a break from the nfl special editions and dive deep into some college football for you guys so that all being said we have a loaded nfl special edition on tap as always pittsburgh steelers i know you read the title but it's time to tell you what's coming up as always we got uh four segments on tap we got the team breakdown We got the schedule breakdown, full betting preview, and then, oh, hey, we'll give you our best fantasy advice Mm -hmm. in start, stash, or pass as well. All of that concludes with our mag sidebar. Right. A little bit of banter between the crew. We have uh, some announcements to tell you guys about. I suggest you tune into that. Do not skip that because very, very important stuff. I told you I was going to let you know on Wednesday, but, uh, ah, fuck it. You know me. It's time to... uh, let the cat out Spill of the, the bag. I, uh, I confirmed some stuff late last night, so uh, let's get after it. But you'll have to stick around to the end of the show if you want to find out what I'm actually talking about. All that being said, can't forget you guys need a little extra inspiration, motivation, get you about the rest of your day and on into uh, Wednesday until I see you again. Got my motivation minutes for you as always, but Going to do a little continuation on from yesterday. Had a little uh, extra stuff on my heart in addition to that, and it uh, kind of formulated another motivation minute. So uh, if you were around for yesterday's, you're definitely going to like today's. But if you didn't uh, hear yesterday's, you'll definitely like today's too. So maybe it'll uh, encourage you to go back and listen to yesterday's motivation minutes. All that being said, cut all the nonsense, cut all the drama. Oh, shit, I forgot. Before we cut everything completely... Huge news of the morning. Maybe the biggest news of the NFL season so far, preseason, regular season coming up, whatever the hell you want to say. Most likely. Cam Newton released from the New England Patriots. 
Very, very, very surprising. Both me and my partner's jaws hit the floor this morning. Yeah, man. And, you know, Riley, I will say it because I don't know if you were going to have the gumption to say it on the pod, but I am right there with you. We have a nice hot take we would like to dish out that quite possibly okay. might happen. Would you like to say it? Is it the hot, hot take that we're talking about here? A Mr. Watson, Okay, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not an actual take, but, uh, you know, this hot could... Hot take. It's a hot take. Deshaun Watson traded for Mac Jones, question mark. Bill Belichick has his connections to figure out if Deshaun Watson's situation is all good, and the Texans would be fucking stupid to say no to that. I'm not saying... No, they've got until saying. the afternoon, or they got to do it in the middle of the season. But uh, hey, two p.m. Maybe Deshaun Watson is a New England Patriot. That would be wild, man. That would be wild. I, I would. Know. It would be shocking. It would be I shocking. I think they've shocked, got the. Uh, I think they've got the faith in Mac Jones. But uh, you know, if it happens, you heard it here. Hey, you heard it here first. But we also talked about where does he potentially go? Maybe the Eagles, but they just picked up Gardner Minshew. Not right. really an option there. Right. And they also have Joe Flacco. And then you kind of can go across the board, maybe the Lions, if something were to happen with Jared Goff, who knows. But there are so many like iffy situations, it just doesn't seem like right. Cam is going to get picked up. Denver is one that I was thinking about, not saying he starts over Teddy Bridgewater, but if something happens to Teddy, that's a pretty similar, think, yeah, like, that's a pretty similar, Lock. I know, I but that, uh, if they just... liked Drew Lock enough, he'd be week one starter, though that's kind of where I'm thinking with that, so I don't know, man. That's also true. Who knows, but now you know, Cam is no longer a Patriot, and uh, we'll have to see if he's going to get picked up before uh, the deadline or maybe into 2021. What are you thumbing me? Uh, Stephon Gilmore on the PUP list, the pup list. He's out at least the first six weeks for the Patriots as well. Ooh, goodness gracious. All right, well, things are getting Big worse news. for the Patriots by the day here. All right, or by the second as it goes now. But let's cut all that nonsense. We'll talk about that later on in the show. It's time to get into today's NFL Special Edition, the 25th on tap with the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steel City. Whatever you want to say, they play out of Heinz Field. I still believe it is nowadays. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they changed mm -hmm. it. It is still Heinz Field. Um, question marks. Yep. In a few areas. Sure. But there shouldn't be so many question marks with them pretty much returning the exact same team outside of the offensive line. Sure. Offensive line being mentioned, that's actually one of my uh, biggest question marks. So I'll save all of that. We'll get into everything here very, very shortly. I'm jumping at the bit. Yes, I sir. know you are too. Yes, sir. Let's get in to the first segment of the day. All righty. Full team breakdown for the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, we'll kick things off offensively, talk about the key losses and additions, some 2020 numbers, and then give you the overall outlook for 2021 flip the script on the defense, and then talk about the coaching staff as well. So first things first, uh, as far as the key losses go, let me tell you about those, and then I'll kick it over to my partner for the key additions offensively. They let the old dog Alejandro Villanueva right tackle go. He is now playing for the Ravens. They also let James Conner go. We talked about him back on the Cardinals episode. They let right tackle Matt Feller go. He is now with the Chargers. So obviously teams are uh, still finding value in these guys. They are letting go. Let go right guard Danny Isadora. Uh, at the time of uh, this writing when I uh, had found this, he had not signed with a new team. I'm not sure if he has yet or not. Uh, right tackle Gerald Hawkins. Same case for him. And then Marquise pouncy center as well so a few big names out of there most notably the offensive line why i mentioned something about that but i will tell you guys about that in just a little bit partner hit me and them 
with those offensive additions for the Steelers going into 2021. All righty, so free agency and trades. I guess busy is a word that you could use, but they didn't really open up their checkbook this offseason. They picked up Joe Haig, right guard, for about $2.29 million. That was the most expensive acquisition they made in free agency. B.J. Finney, center, Rashad Coward, right guard. All of these guys are most likely going to be depth offensive linemen, so solid depth adds at the offensive line, but nothing to write home about there. As far as the draft, though, that's really where they made their big accusation, acquisitions, not accusations, excuse me. Uh, first round, Najee Harris, everybody knows, out of Bama. Well done. There you go. <laughs> and second round, tight end, Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State. He is most likely going to be the number two tight end. We may see him as things go along here. Third round, they pick up Kendrick Green out of ILL, Illinois. I-N-I. Offensive guard. He Jeez. will most likely be a... Another uh, depth ad there for the offensive I miss line. I'm your fucking soundboard over here. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, another ad there for the defensive, uh, offensive depth there. So nice depth to their offensive line this offseason, but we'll see if it makes an impact. Another one, offensive tackle Dan Moore out of Texas A&M. And for what it's worth, not sure if you were going to mention it, partner. Seventh round, they pick up punter Presley Harvin, the third out of Georgia Tech. Hey, kickers are people too. I sure appreciate are. you, my friend. All right, well, there it goes. Key losses, key additions sure. offensively for the 2021 Pittsburgh Stillers. How about some 2020 stats before we talk about everything 2021? Well, I'm glad you asked because I got them right here. In 2020, the Steelers averaged 5.2 yards per play. They ran the ball 34.52% of the time and passed the ball 65.48% of the time. I don't believe that pass and rush split was because of uh, the elite level of the running or the elite level of the wide receivers, rather being the lackluster ability of the running backs, in my opinion. But you be the judge as you wish. Completion percentage across the board, 65.61%. Third down conversion percent was at 42.86, so obviously going to have to improve that a lot. That, once again, was because a lot of that poor rushing, but hopefully with Najee Harris coming in this year, they have something to uh, write home about, but we'll talk about that here in a minute. And then in the red zone, they scored at a 66.07 clip, so I think that stays right about the same, uh, or maybe due for just a tad bit of regression, if I do say so myself, but we'll talk about that. Definitely here in just a second, and then even more when it comes to the schedule. We have a lot to talk about when it comes to the schedule, believe you me, and it mm -hmm. might be very surprising to a lot of you guys. So make sure you stick stick around for that. I mean, stick tuned. That stick doesn't make tuned. any any sense at all. So stick around for that in the second segment. But moving right along, let me give you the projected week one starters here for the uh, the Steelers in 2021, accompanied by some of my overall outlooks. Then I'll kick it over to you, partner. Then we'll change the defensive side of the ball. Okay. So as far as the offensive line goes, uh, looks like starters are going to be Zach Banner, Trey Turner, J.C. Hassenhauer, Kevin Dotson, and then Chikua, Chikumwa Okuafor. Uh, everybody looks to be locked in besides Hassenhauer. I know there's a little bit of a competition going on right now at the center position. It does look like, though, he'll ultimately lock down that spot. Then you have the tight end, Eric Ebron. They also did uh, bring in a tight end out of uh, the draft. Obviously, the Pat Fryermuth, as yep, you Fryer mentioned. Yep. And then uh, they do have somebody else behind him, if I am not mistaken. Uh, they do have... Uh, Zach Gentry. Zach Gentry. But other than that, nothing really to right. write home too major about. So it looks like Ebron will get the bulk of the workload mm -hmm. there. And then as far as the other receivers go, names you know, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, and then backing them up, James Washington and Ray Ray McLeod. Running backs, obviously the aforementioned Najee Harris, backed up by Benny Snell. And then the quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger and Mason Rudolph. Hopefully he has his helmet securely fixed on his head. Mm -hmm. Stop it, Colton. That was bad. That, 
That was terrible. <laughs> I thought you were going a different angle with that. No, no reason, to, <laughs> no reason to do that. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. So back to it. Uh, overall outlooks. Uh, that offensive line really causes mm-hmm. some concern for me. Um, not only are they young, they're just not a unit that has any cohesion or uh, any type of real proven ability. So right. that leaves a lot of question marks for me. So then that's going to leave some question marks for the running game. I love La- Najee Harris. Roll damn tide. You best believe it. No question in my mind. But I'm a little concerned that we might have to temper expectations just a little bit I think he's going to still be very solid because it was set very early on even before the preseason started by the uh, owner that hey we're going to get back to running the ball in Pittsburgh you better believe it as far as the wide receiver room goes in my opinion I think we see about the same production I don't think we see any crazy insane jump from Chase Claypool or Juju Smith-Schuster I might just be a little biased because I'm not the biggest fans in the world of some of the on and off field antics Uh, just my personal opinion but I'm not the highest on him. Now, as far as Deontay Johnson, uh, I do have uh, high hopes for him to finally uh, really break out here in 2021. And then behind him, Washington and McLeod, not too much to write home about, but might have a little fantasy value. We'll talk about that as well. And then Benny Snell, too, might have a little bit of fantasy value stashing him as a handcuff for Najee Harris. Outside of that, we'll talk about it more in depth in fantasy. But partner, I want to get your opinions here. What do you think for the uh, 2021 Steelers offense? Yeah, pretty similar to you, my man. The the offensive line is the biggest concern here. You know, these offensive or these uh, free agency acquisitions and draft acquisitions that they made really scream to me that they're just trying to throw as many guys in that conversation because either it's depth or they're just, they just don't have the faith. Like we kind of don't. And as the season goes on, you're going to potentially see a carousel of an offensive line, which at the beginning of the season might be an issue. And then as we get onto the season, optimistically, maybe it'll figure itself out. You might find the right combination of five guys. As far as the receivers, I think the, um, um, Promotion of Matt Canada, Canada, excuse me, to offensive coordinator. I think it should help, uh, you know, bring some more motion to this offense, get a little more the current day modern, if you will, as opposed to the previous regime that really featured no motion at all. Because these receivers are meant for this receiving core is meant to have some motion in them, and mm-hmm. I think that should help. But my biggest concern is that Big Ben seems to be losing that arm strength, losing that deep accuracy. So, despite the what I think should be an improvement in the short game of their offense. I don't really think they're going to be able to hit those big plays and it's going to be the, you know, the end all be all of this offense, if you will. So while I think we might see some improvements in some areas, there's still going to be a cap on this offense that I'm a little pessimistic about. Most definitely. And we'll uh, talk about it it's kind of going to be the theme of the show, but for the Steelers, I mean, efficiency is the biggest thing. And if they lack an efficiency in multiple areas, it's going to be a fast, brutal early Mm -hmm. exit for the Steelers in 2021. But before we move to the defensive side of the ball, let me give you uh, some key rankings here, courtesy of the guys over at SFA. Quarterback room, Big Ben, Mason Rudolph come in ranked as the 22nd unit in the league. Offensive line, dead ass last, worse than the Lions, worse than the Jaguars, worse than the Bengals. I don't know. 32nd in the league is this offensive line. It's bad. Running back room, 20th in the league, obviously with the unproven ability of Najee Harris and then Benny Snell being kind of a mediocre back so far over the course of his career that's a pretty fair ranking i would say but definitely room to improve upon that receivers they're pretty high on though 12th unit in the league obviously some big names some guys who have that big play potential my partner as you heard is a little bit higher on them to uh kind of continuously produce but 
as where I'm a little bit, uh, they're going to stay just about the same. Maybe we even see a little bit of regression uh, from last year, mainly because of the mainly because of the uh, concern that you have as well. I have as well, Big Ben. Yeah. I just don't know what right. we see from Big Ben. I mean, it seems like every other time he goes to the sideline, he's got about 13 ice packs all sure. in various spots of his body. Yeah. So I just don't know that I can trust a 39-year-old quarterback. And then you say that and you look at Tom Brady, you can't even put them on the same wavelength. I, I apologize, but you just can't. I mean, not to mention, we didn't really mention it, but if you read this chapter, the Steelers and SFA, they really kind of break down 2019 when Big Ben, excuse me, Big Ben was gone. Mason Rudolph was in there for the bulk of the, you know, the bulk of the games. And his numbers really weren't that different from Big Ben last year, especially down the field, kind of like I was saying. So, you know, a healthy Big Ben might have a different tune to that, but I'm not really expecting it here this year. Me neither. Moving to the defensive side of the ball with the key losses. Partner, if you could be so kind as to kick things off with them going into 2021. All righty. So while they did lose a couple of guys, they still have plenty of options on this defense to be an elite defense. They did lose Bud Dupree off the edge and Vince Williams linebacker lost him this off season to retirement. I do believe Mike Hilton, cornerback, Ola Sunkami Adeni off the edge. That was, uh, I'm getting better at these names, but I'm not at all. I'm butchering some of these ones that I'm not familiar with. Ola Sunkami Adeni. All right. So, Sean Davis out of the safety position. <laughs> I'm just good with names. <laughs> Avery Williamson, linebacker. J. Rohn Elliott off the edge. Jordan Dangerfield. <laughs> Yin and Yang. That's where we work. Jordan Dangerfield, safety. Steven Nelson, cornerback. But obviously, Bud Dupree and Vince Williams. Are the two biggest names here? Everyone else's uh, depth pieces, or not really too much any uh, type of significance here, partner. How'd they fill any of these holes here? Oh, I wouldn't say the best, but I wouldn't say the worst. They picked up six guys either uh, via the trade market, free agency, and also the draft. They got uh, linebacker Miles Killebrew. They got him on a $1.1 million deal. And then also cornerback Arthur Mollett. Uh, he's under a million on a deal now. So we'll see what those two guys can bring to the table. I'm not sure that they will get immediate starting spots. But Miles Killebrew being that linebacker pickup with the retirement of Vince Williams, it's definitely going to be important for them to have some solid depth there. We'll talk about that here in just a second, too. As far as the drafted players, they waited all the way until the fourth round to get Buddy Johnson, linebacker at a Texas A&M. Follow that up in the fifth uh, with defensive tackle Isaiah Loudermilk out of Wisconsin. Then in the sixth, they got Quincy Roche, defensive end out of Miami, Florida. And then they got uh, in the seventh round, their first pick out of two uh, was Trey Norwood out of Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So pretty solid defensive haul. I mean, obviously not too many guys that you can really write home about, not too many guys that are going to get an immediate impact. But definitely guys that are are that depth add sure. where they need because uh, as we'll talk about here in a little bit, they are going to battle a little bit of injury and battle some key names leaving town. But before we talk about that, let's talk about 2020 here real quick. In the year of 2020, the COVID year that we will never forget and will forever live in infamy, the Pittsburgh Steelers averaged opponents to allow or allowed opponents to average I said that backwards uh five yards per play opponent completion percentage was at 56.96 percent opponent third down conversion percent was at 37.71 and in the red zone opponents only converted at a 56 percent clip so overall that defense is damn damn good and damn damn solid but when you put up numbers that good across the board 
it's only natural that you see some type of regression going into the following year. So I'm a little concerned about that, but let me tell you about the projected starters before we get into some outlooks here. As far as the line goes, going to look very similar to uh, what it did last year. TJ Watt, Stefan Tuitt, Cam Hayward, and Alex Highsmith. So very dominant defensive line. Nothing you really have to worry about there. Rounding out the uh, front seven, a little bit of question marks here. Obviously, Devin Bush coming off of the injury last year. And then they had Vince Williams projected, but then he retired unexpectedly. Now they have some decent, decent um, depth, I do believe. If you remember last year against the Titans, Bob Spillane, Robert Spillane, meeting old Derrick Henry in the hole. Mm -hmm. I think he could definitely impress, get uh, maybe that second, third down role, or maybe even move himself into the starting position. They do also have the uh, aforementioned Killebrew that I just talked to you guys about. That is going to be very important to fill that hole. And then a few other guys worth noting. They have Melvin Ingram, picked him up from the Los Angeles Chargers. So that's also absolutely terrific he is coming into his 11th full season but either way he's still producing at a very high right. level and then behind them uh you got christian coons buddy johnson jameer jones definitely notable guys so i think they should be our joe Schobert. i think they got plenty of guys to really uh, alleviate any question marks when it comes to this linebacker room so i'm pretty pretty high on this front seven to stay dominant this secondary however i love the names i love their production i think think that they are just going to be right around the middle of the pack I don't know that they're going to be that high flying Steelers defense that we know and love and are forcing a bunch of turnovers I hope so but at the same time I could see them producing and maybe the defensive line regression uh, I something something regresses here I just don't know for sure but in the secondary uh, you have Justin Lane Cam Sutton and Joe Hayden as the main defensive backs and then in the deep secondary Terrell Edmonds and the legendary at this point Mika Fitzpatrick so with those names I mean you say Cole how can they possibly struggle I know I look at it too but Something has to regress here. I don't know what it necessarily will be. Maybe it will be the defensive line, but I hate to say that with TJ Watt and Stefan Tuitt and Cam Hay. I mean, it's it's too that's just too much for me. And then even with the linebacker questions, I still think that they have plenty of guys on the depth chart to fill those holes that it's not gonna cause any problems. So if I don't see any regression there, well, where the hell else am I gonna look for <laughs> regression? So I guess that's kind of my cup of tea, what I'm saying. Maybe it happens the bass backwards way and I'm totally off. Or maybe there's no fucking regression at all and I'm just a moron and a half. But that's just how I feel. I think they still have a great defense. But, partner, how are you feeling about the defense going into 21? I am a little higher than you on, on this defense here. This is one of my favorite defenses in the league. Not saying that it's not one of yours, but I don't know if we see regression. Maybe on the numbers itself, just because they have some high-flying offenses that they play this year. Mm. But overall, I mean, part of the reason why I don't, personally see regression is because they got a few of their biggest playmakers that may not have even played their best football yet tj watt yeah. devin butch bush minka fitzpatrick they are still pretty damn young and they could still even have another level to go to at least one of these guys so while some of their secondary aside from minka fitzpatrick i don't want to say it concerns me but if i'm going to nitpick this defense that would be where i would nitpick it for sure and maybe joe hayden ages a little bit and we start to see his age so that would be if i'm going to nitpick this defense where i'm going to nitpick is that secondary because i think with the health i think that front seven is going to be damn good once again so yeah 
I'm pretty damn optimistic about this uh, defense. I'm not saying it's my number one favorite defense, yeah. but it's definitely in the conversation with a couple of these others that we've talked about. Yeah, and that's what I'm kind of saying. I mean, it's more of a nitpick, and sure, I- sure. I'm just a little concerned. Like, when you have such a good season sure. last season, and then just to continuously follow it up. But then again, it's the Steelers' defense, and yeah. I feel like I want to walk back my statement. <laughs> so I'm somewhere right in the middle. I just I think they keep the team in games. I don't think you have to worry about them, but I don't think they're going to be... We'll talk about in fantasy, number one overall defense. Holy shit, the Steelers are back. Well, I forgot to mention, Melvin Ingram, that is such a low-risk, high-reward acquisition this offseason. They did not really break the bag for him. And if he is healthy and gets back to even 80%, 90% of what he used to be, that is another monster in this defense. So, And I kind of predict that. He is damn good when he's healthy, and uh, I'm kind of expecting it, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I think he will definitely be an X-factor in this defense. So maybe uh, come in a few weeks, I look like a total ass and I got to walk back all of these statements I said about regression but then again we'll talk about it in the schedule preview ladies and gentlemen it was a cupcake schedule last year and then all of the holes and flaws got exposed in the final six games they went one and five for fuck's sakes Mm -hmm. don't look at me like I got a freaking horn growing out of my (laughs) forehead okay just stay tuned in and let me keep talking and telling you about the Steelers that all being said the coaching staff actually before we get into the coaching staff, key rankings. Can't ever forget some key rankings. Oh, no. Courtesy guys over at SFA, our guys, the Warren Sharp. And uh, also, I, I got to give credit where credit is due. I got to find their ads again so I can uh, at all the other guys on there. But these guys are bar none. Cannot wait to bet right alongside with them. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to uh, get a little bit of that knowledge. Um, not necessarily believing I'm going to drop a, uh, a thousand bar to right, get some right. uh, picks when I do this myself. <laughs> right. So that all being said, uh, the front seven comes in ranked as the second unit in the league and 12th ranked secondary in the league. So obviously, they're way higher than me on them. No questions at all. And then they're right about where Mags is as well. So, you know, I might look like a total ass but i'm just saying maybe i'm not saying who knows we could see a little something something that we don't all like from the stillers defense but they should be pretty damn good nonetheless now into that coaching staff the head coach returning as always it seems at this point once again we talked about sean payton and bill belichick a guy who's right in the same conversation, Mike Tomlin, coming into his 15th official yeah, season as Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. He has made a name for himself at this point in time. Uh, offensive coach Matt Canada has now been promoted from the QB coach up to the OC this season. And then Keith Butler is now the defensive coordinator. So brand uh, brand new OC, not really. He's been with the team. Other than that, Keith Butler coming in for his sixth official season. So I think we see a lot of the same from the Steelers. And that's kind of what I mean is we might see a little bit of regression yeah. in some area. We They didn't really make all too many changes as far as letting guys go, and any guys they did let go, they backfilled with solid names. Any of their superstar players, either offensive or defensively, they kept around. You know, I, I just think it's going to be that same Steelers mm-hmm. team that we've seen. And what did we see in the last six weeks of the season? And that's when their schedule really, really right. got hard. And once again, we'll talk about it very soon. I don't want to spill all the beans right. and the forecasts and stuff, but this is a tough schedule this year. Sure. Yeah. And to put a cap on the coaching staff, I think the move for Matt Canada to what they previously had is a good move. But as we're about to talk about, it's the schedule difference from last year to this year. That might be the, the final blow to this team here. Absolutely. So 
With all that being said, we keep teasing it. We keep talking about it. If uh, you guys got any Steelers questions, any NFL questions, any betting questions, you guys want anything in between, we love connecting with you. Jump on over there in the live chat. Just drop it on down over yonder, and we'll answer it here shortly once we get... Uh you know, back uh, back in action. So whenever we get a chance to see it. So that all being said, second segment of the day, ladies and gentlemen, let's move right along into the full schedule breakdown for the Pittsburgh Steelers here in 2021. As always, we're not going week by week, but I will tell you, uh, we're saving that for the betting preview. And I will tell you also that the week seven is their bye week. But for the schedule breakdown, we will give you uh, some of their key uh, games. Well, actually, not their key games. All of their games. <laughs> we'll break it down. Um, division, eight main non-divisional opponents, and then the three outside of that. Uh, we'll give you our full record predictions, and then we'll dive into the uh, the betting segment after a little bit of rest and prep inequalities as well. Before I do, this schedule, we just said it, extremely hard. It was very, very easy last year, and it is actually expected projected analyzed however you want to say it to uh the Steelers to face the second toughest overall schedule based on win totals right now right. so I am pretty doggone concerned if it is uh not going to be the defense that has issues then it's definitely going to be the offense sure. that has issues so AFC North first things first as far as the Ravens go I will give them a nice split you thought i was gonna say two and oh and no i am not i am going to go with a nice split uh last year they uh went one and one with them as well i do believe that is correct uh, they actually got both of them but one of them the of them. ravens were ravaged by covid in one of the two ah that is correct i forgot about that so yes i will uh i will definitely give the steelers to get one of their licks back against the ravens but it did look like the ravens kind of had that formula against the uh present time steelers that we see the Bengals, I will also give them a split. Um, you know, I just see something mm. happening. They got the Bengals got a win over them last year. It would not surprise me if they had the ability to do it again. I mean, it was 27-17 in week 15, so another late season game. Who knows? The two that weeks they play them are week 12 and uh, week three. So week 12 potentially after Sunday night football in Cincinnati. I'm not opposed to that. So I'll give them a split again. And then the Brownies, man, and Steelers fans, don't hate me for this. I'm going 0-2 against the Brownies. I think the Brownies have the formula. I think this is Stefanski's year, and I think the Browns, as I've been talking since episode 7 or 8, whatever the Browns were, or NFL Special Edition, I'm getting higher and higher on the Browns by the second. So give me them uh, 0-2 against the Browns. So overall, whoa. Two and four in the AFC North. Goodness. Whoa. Goodness. So I'm uh, going to sing a similar tune on a couple of these teams. I'll start with the Browns. I am right there with you. I oh. think the Browns ca uh, cracked the code last year. Obviously, in the regular season, these teams split. The Steelers beat the doors off them in the first game. But then that second game for the Browns. And then in the playoffs, the Browns had their number. I think we see the same once again this year. Much like you, I am also going with a split with the Ravens, whether that be... Uh, you know, just, an, I mean, these games are just close. It doesn't really matter. So I'm going to go a split and maybe the week 18 game, the Ravens, uh, whether they're the division or in the wild card, maybe they got something wrapped up. So I'll go a split there, but I'm giving the Steelers both wins against the Bengals. Despite that game that they lost to them last year, I think this is just a brutal matchup for this Bengals offense. 
And it does alarm me because the Bengals won that game without Joe Burrow, and I love Joe Burrow, but that offensive line in the Bengals is not that much improved, and I think the Steelers' defense is just the terrible matchup for this Bengals' offense. It's the same Steelers' defense. I know I thought the that's same. That's fair. Thing. That's fair, but I'm going to 2-0, two, uh, two wins against these Bengals. Okay. So we are uh, just only opposing on the Bengals, which mm-hmm. causes you to go four and two. That's three and three. I got that. Uh, is three and three. I yep. thought you went split and split. Oh no, no I, you uh, two and zero against the Browns. Okay, so it is or zero and two. Excuse me. Zero oh, and two against the Brownies. All right, just so I remember there. All right, uh, next set of uh, four teams. These are the start of the eight main non-divisional teams, AFC West. Now. I'm going to start with the Broncos here because this game is played in the Steel City and is after an extremely difficult game against the Packers. Following the game against the Broncos, they play the Seahawks on Sunday Night Football at a three-game rest disadvantage. I don't want to say they look past the Broncos, but if the Broncos come out swinging, okay. the Steelers could drop this one. Okay, I'll give them the win Okay, because it's in Hines, but... The Broncos could get this one if the Steelers are not careful about how serious they take them and looking too far into Sunday night football for the Seahawks. This is what I'm saying. Then, Chiefs, I don't think so. No question. I don't think Patty Mahomes is going to let that happen or Andy Reid is going to let that happen. No. Chargers is going to be a toss-up in my mind. I give the defensive edge to the Steelers, but I also give the offensive edge to the Chargers. So... If it ends up in a shootout, and I think Justin Herbert can navigate that defense just fine and limit turnovers, I think the Chargers could get that game, and I lean a little bit harder to the Chargers than I do the Broncos. So I'm going to – oh, man. I'm going to say they get that game. The Chargers get that game, and then I'll say the the Steelers definitely get the game over the Raiders. So I say they go – Three and one in the AFC West with a potential lean to two and two if they lose to the Broncos. Okay. I am going two and two. I'm giving them, giving, them, giving them the win over the Raiders, giving them a loss over the Chiefs. I'm going to give the Chargers the win in this one in LA, and I'm going with a win over the Broncos, though that is, I think that I'm so excited to watch that game. That is such going to be such a low scoring grind out game. But I, you know, I like what you said there. But I, a, I, I think they're going to lose the Packers in Lambeau. So then, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to overlook the Broncos because that's an AFC opponent that they're going to be potentially battling for playoff position for. So sure. I think that's going to be a big game on their schedule, and they're going to make sure they get that one. And if it was in Denver, I'd be changing my tune, saying the Broncos. But give me two and two out of the AFC West here with uh, wins over Raiders the and Broncos. Raiders and Broncos. All right, and I'm going with uh, an additional win over the chargers okay i think <laughs> i just have liked the chargers too much to not give the chargers that win there yeah i uh, yeah that's you that you said it i was kind of on the fence i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and stick with that yep. too so we'll both go two and two in the west okay nfc north uh we got dub bears bear down um you know me being a homer i'd say they get that win uh let's do a little investigation that is in uh the steel city on monday night football I give that to the doggone Stillers. Okay. That is... Okay. Uh, as much as I don't want... Well, that's week nine. Justin Fields might be starting at that point in time. Who knows what that offense looks like. There's just too many question marks in Chicago, damn it! <laughs> damn it. Here we go. Oh, that stupid <laughs> fucking Nat Nagy and the damn Ryan Pace, and I just want... I'm sorry. Here we go. I'm sorry. We have Steelers to talk about, all right? I'm sorry. I'll give... 
the Steelers the win over the Bears. <laughs> Unbiased analyst hat back on. I will give the Steelers the win over the Lions, and I will give them the win over the Vikings. Okay, they're gonna lose to the Pack three and one out of the NFC North. Uh, I am actually fucking <laughs> fucking knows. I am actually right there with you, my man. I was kicking. Th- I think that Bears Steelers game is gonna be a damn good game. If it was in Chicago, I might actually lean to your Bears. <laughs> Uh, but the Bears and those Vikings games is a big old question marks for me. I'm obviously going to uh, give the Packers a win in week four. I'm giving the Steelers a win in week 10 at home against the Lions. And I'm giving the Steelers a win over the Bears. I do think it'll probably be Justin Fields. But even then, I'm not. Uh, I'm losing faith in your offensive line by the day. And while I think Justin Fields will still have some success, I think this defense might be the bad, a really bad matchup for whoever is at quarterback there with that offensive line. You don't like uh, the new addition to Jason Peters? Eh, yeah, we'll see. Um, and then week 14 at Minnesota, that is such a toss-up for me, but I'm leaning towards the Steelers. I don't really trust Kirk Cousins, A, in primetime or against a defense like this for this matter. So I Very will much. also go 3-1 and one here against the NFC North. All right, so we're both sticking 3-1 and one once again. Sorry we'll I had love to get to my pins so I could stay. <laughs> yeah. I'd we'll love yeah. to see the Steelers wreaking havoc on everyone other than the pack. Yeah, but uh, hopefully that is not the case. So for my benefit, uh, but unbiasedly, we're both going 3-1 and one yep. the NFC North. Three remaining games, the Beefalo Bills, the Tennessee Tetons, and the Seattle Seahawks. I do not believe they get the win over the Bills. I just do not mm-hmm. see it. I think this is going to be a defensive matchup. I think Josh Allen, if I'm backing any quarterback, I'm going to back Josh Allen over Big Ben, and I think they edge it out in a touchdown game. Okay. Tetons, um, that one's very interesting to me. What's That's uh, week 15 week at 15, home. Week 15, three-day advantage. Uh, they beat them 27-24 week seven in Tennessee last year. Might be very, very important for the Tennessee Titans, but... Mm. Uh, I think that's just going to be a big game for both of these teams. That's going to be a huge game. So that one's kind of a toss-up to me. Um, with the defensive question marks for the Titans, I'll give that one to the Steelers. Okay. So one and one so far. And then that Monday night football game against the Seahawks is very, very interesting. Or Sunday night football game. That's right before their bye in week six. Yeah. Three-day rest disadvantage. It is at Heinz Field. But they will also be, if it's our predictions are correct, they may be two and three coming into that game. Well, oh. I guess we gave them the win against the Broncos. Never mind. Yeah, it could be yes. three and two. Three and two. So, and they very well could be two and three. They could be very so, easily two and three, though. You know, and if that is the case, then, and I, I could see three, two and three a lot, a lot easier. Damn. Uh, hot take. I'm going to go one and two, remaining three. I'm going to say they lose to the Bills and the Seahawks. Okay. I am going to go just one and two, one way or another. I And it's going to be the Titans or the Seahawks. I think the Bills should win that game in Buffalo week one. Case for the Steelers, maybe the Bills' offense starts a little slow to start the season, but I still don't really expect that. So I'll give it to the Bills. And then one way or another, I'll give them a win over either the Titans or the Seahawks. I really don't know what it's going to be. I really don't know what to expect out of those games. A lot of games that I am very excited as a fan of, you know, defensive football. I am very excited to see the Steelers' defense against some of these teams. But I'm going to go one and two out of these last three, my man. Mags, Mags, this is the worst one yet. I think it is. Huh? This is the worst one yet. So yeah. if, if you've been following along uh-huh. at home, if you are with me, 
We are predicting the Steelers go eight and nine. If you are with Mags, you are predicting the Steelers go nine and eight. The Steelers' current season win total is set at eight and a half wins. Goodness gracious, man. <laughs> so as always, we have a shitload to talk about when it gets yep. to the season win total portion of the betting preview coming up in the next segment. As if we didn't already have enough to talk about as their season-long betting value quickly approaches. Yeah. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe we really uh, should make a career out of this handicapping thing. Huh? Yeah, maybe, huh? <laughs> all right. That all being said, uh, before we move into the third segment of the day, let me give you, give you some key rest and prep stats here for the Steelers. Now, I told you guys, their schedule is shitty. A lot shittier than last year. Yeah. The rest and prep category as well is equally, if not more shitty. Yeah. They play six opponents that have over a week to prepare for them and, and only two that yeah. have under a week to prepare. And there's a Who few, would those be? Yeah, the ones that they have under a week. Uh, sorry, it's oh, tough. You didn't to, have it off the head. No, it's, I got the rest disadvantage. I was just going to say it's key key games. Key games, the disadvantages, for sure. Either yeah. way, just know it's key games. Yeah. Sorry to put you on no, the no, spot. No, no, you're good. Five teams they play at a rest disadvantage and three teams they play with a rest advantage. The team... The Pittsburgh Steelers play a short week road game twice in 2021, mm-hmm. and they play one game off of a road Sunday night or Monday night football game. It is not looking good at all in that category, ladies and gentlemen. I do not know how much of a factor this is going to play, but in my opinion, I think it is going to loom extremely, extremely yeah. large. That's just my educated guess. I don't know for sure, but... But you look at the schedule, and it does not look good at all. Right. I, I don't know what you're thinking, partner, but uh, before we move along, if you got anything to cap no, off. No, I mean, just to say some of those key disadvantages, three against the Seahawks disadvantage on Sunday night, eight against the Lions. We we don't think that's going to be a problem in Pittsburgh. Three against the Chiefs in KC, mm. minus mm. one against the Browns, minus one against the Ravens. You mentioned the short road week came. They play the Vikings on Thursday night after they just played the Ravens in week 13 Ooh. at home. I mean... Ooh. They do get plus four against Ooh. the Browns in Cleveland week eight and plus three against the Titans in week I'm 15. Good. That one's good. But, I mean, the plus four against the Browns, that's off their bye week. You'd typically hope for a full week advantage. The, I, I assume the Browns are playing on Thursday night in week seven. But See what we goodness, mean man. by difficult? Yeah. Uh, definitely not going to be the easiest here in 2021 for the aforementioned Stillers. Nope. Well, that all being said, that does it. Full schedule breakdown. You missed anything, feel free to rewind. Or, hey, if you're watching live, don't go nowhere. Just uh, wait till later. It'll be there all the way to and through the entire 2021 NFL season. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, strap in. It's time. Third segment of the day. You know, we're degenerates deep down at the bottom of our hearts. So we got to give you a full season betting preview before we get back to business as usual dishing out my picks, our mags picks, the special play of the day, the money line dice roll Baby. of the day, and then anything we el- may else pepper in there. A uh, few things we might change from what you knew the show before, but it will be back to betting picks, business as usual, none of this extra fluff or nonsense. I'm excited for a little money line dice on maybe an NFL matchup Ooh, that we don't really know about, eh? I cannot wait. Maybe a little college I action. cannot wait for the pristine cubicle objects Seriously. to remake their appearances back on this show boys and girls i cannot wait Maybe but, a little friday college football dice action whoa yeah yeah maybe the money line dice make their first appearance in almost 
over a month on the TTL pod on Friday's show. They were hot. They were hot. Okay. Maybe the crew has spoken that Friday the Dice may just have an opportunity to dish out and speak to us. But sticking with today's show, betting preview coming up right now. Let's go back to the past just for a moment. Talk about uh, some of their 2020 trends and stats. Something I'm very concerned about and why I just think there is some regression. This is Colton the better. Colton the sports betting analyst, yep. not just the pure NFL analyst. This is why I think there's going to be some regression. 2020, they were favored by 5.1 points. In 2021, they're favored by under a point on average. 0.2 points, the Steelers are favored in 2021. Favored in eight games, dogs in eight games, and they got to pick them against the Browns that I keep telling you about. It's going to be a very, very significant game, and my partner thinks so too. The yep. Browns got the formula. That's a pick them in week 17. Mm-hmm. 2020 was pretty good for them. But that was because of the entire early season that they had. 10 and 6 ATS, 12 and 4 straight up. I personally think that's a little fraudulent. Sorry, Steelers fans. Seriously. 8 and 5 ATS as a favorite and 2 and 1 ATS as a dog. At home, they did defend Hines rather well. 7 and 1 straight up with a 5 and 3 ATS record. They were never a home dog, so they had that same 5 and 3 ATS as a home favorite. On the road, exact same straight up and ATS splits five and three. As in a road, as in a road, as a road favorite, they were three and two, and as an away dog, they were two and one against the number. So, obviously, good numbers. Obviously, you think you could ride home about that, but in my humble opinion, I just said it. I think those are a little bit fraudulent, and I think we see some struggles against the numbers. But I'll tell you more about that once we get to the weekly breakdown here. Let me flip the script over to game totals. They had an average total of 45.3 in 2020. Now, in 2021, it's ticked up a little bit, 46.7. So maybe the Steelers are going to be in a shit ton of shootouts, and they are going to be losing those shootouts by just, oh, that much. Now, in 2020, they had an 8-7-2 over-under overall record, over-under or push. Obviously, that's including the playoffs as well. At home, they were 5-3-1. On the road, they were 3-4-1. As a favorite, they were 5-6-1. And, and as a dog, they were 3-1-1. All of those aforementioned are over-under push straight up. Now, as far as the old teasers go, the... Uh, The Steelers are a team you might want to go ahead and look. Yesterday's team was a team you got to be pretty tentative on. But hey, you need an extra one of them legs, get you into that plus money poly category we always talk about with them 10-point teasers. Steelers might be a team to look at. 14-2 overall in 10-point teasers last year, and then in 6-7, they were 12-4. So I'm going to be a little bit more tentative in 6-7, but shit, if I can get them through 3-4-5 numbers here, I am more than happy to build them on my usual Sunday 10-point teaser. Right. That all being said, that is some 2020 key stats. Wanted to let you guys know about one other thing I wanted to let you guys know about popped into my head. In one-score games last year, they were 7-2 and two straight up. So even more plays into my prediction of high-scoring games, Steelers losing shootouts. 7-2 and two in, in uh, one-score games, less than 8 points, so basically a touchdown. And they were 1-1 one one in less than 3-point games, so basically a field goal. So somewhere there's due for regression. Mm-hmm. And hey, maybe it's not the team. Maybe it's just a record. Maybe there's yeah. not somewhere on the team that you can pinpoint, but just as a whole... 
Tougher games. They just goof up, and it's just tougher games and a tougher schedule. Maybe that's what it comes down mm-hmm. to. I don't know. But that bared mentioning as well to you guys. That all being said, let's go back to the future, partially in the present, but also forward-looking, not too far away, nine fucking days away. The start of the NFL season. Let's break down that aforementioned season for these uh, Steelers here week by week. Now, <laughs> ticked up a half point before you start, partner. Oh, papa, week one. They play the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. It is a six and a half point spread, and the Steelers are getting those six and a half points. Week two is at home. Six. It has now uh, ticked up a hook. It was at five and a half at open. They are laying a uh, two field goals, you could say, against the Raiders at Heinz Field. Week si- or week three, goodness gracious, they are laying six points. That's why I about said six uh, at home against the Bengals. Week four, they are in Lambeau getting two and a half against the Pack. Week five, they are at home against the Broncos. They are laying four and a half points there. Week six, they are the favorites in that Sunday night football game that I keep mentioning, but only by two and a half points. Week seven is their bye. Week nine, they are in Cleveland. They are getting four and a half points in that game. Week nine, they're laying five and a half points against the Bears at home, and then a touchdown and a half in week 10 against the Lions. Then they go back to being a dog against the Chargers in LA week 11. Good call on the Chargers partner. Uh, Plus two and a half there coming in as a dog there. And then week 12, uh, they're laying a touchdown. So a little bit less uh, than when when it was at home, this time in Cincinnati against the Bengals, laying only a field goal. Then in week 13, they are getting two and a half points against the Ravens. That one is at home Mm -hmm. in Heinz Field. And then week 14 is on the road in Minnesota. They're getting two and a half points against the Vikings. Very interesting there as well. We talked about that one too. Week 15, laying a field goal against the Tennessee Titans. I do believe that is the one that they uh, win. We both believe that's one of the ones they win out of their remaining three. Then getting a little over touchdown, eight and a half points against the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead, good fucking luck with that, Steelers. And then 17, that aforementioned pick'em against the Brownies. This time it is in Heinz Field. And then they close their season on the road in Baltimore as five-and-a-half-point puppies. Right. So, overall, for uh, you give me a little insights here, partner. I do believe that there are going to be a lot of opportunities to fade the Steelers here. You think so? Year. Okay. I think they might have a good to mediocre straight up record Mm -hmm. but that ats record is going to be nasty i think so it's going to be nasty and especially okay average stiller fan one of the first states pa pittsburgh pennsylvania to be legalized for sports betting sure you're telling me every guy, gal, and their dog are not going to be running to the Steelers at minus two and a half against the pack, minus four and a half against the fucking Broncos? Are you fucking kidding me? I would say every minus week. two and a half against the freaking Seahawks? Screw those West Coasters. <laughs> That's my best Yinzer accent, as good as I am, but I don't think it is. Either way, uh, no disrespect to you, Yinzers. Love you guys out there on, uh, Super respectful. on the new Northeast. I hope I don't uh, check the DMs and I got hundreds of Yinzers one day. Shoot me uh, or ring me up at the stake either way that all being said 
once again, I might I might have Yimsers after me just because of this. Um, saying that I, I think there's a lot of opportunity to fade the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. this year, especially ATS. They might be all right straight up, but I think against the number, boys and girls, you're going to have a lot of opportunity. Um, I mean, I like the Bengals getting three. I think the Steelers win, definitely, yeah. but I think it's a one-point game, a two-point game, and, right. and it's just very... Very interesting to me to see these. Are there any particular matchups jumping off the screen at you? What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I might start out tentative on this one, but just looking at their home lines, like you said, I think they'll still take care of business straight up at home, but some of these spreads, minus 5.5, minus 6, minus 4.5, if they win those games, I think it's going to be by about a field goal, kind of like you're saying here. So Give me minus or plus 4.5 every single time. Right. Damn near, I don't even care who the team is. That is the most trappy fucking right. line in all of NFL spreads. Yeah, and some of these road lines, you know, I I really don't know what to expect as far as ATS, but like you, I I don't think it's going to be 10 and 6. It, at best it might be 8 and 8, or excuse me, 8 and 9. Scar, sorry, we got 17 games this year, but uh I, I as far as specific spots, I mean that plus 4 and a half with, with Denver, I'm interested in that one. Give me give me give me. Even your Bears plus 5 and a give half. Me, give me, give I me. think whoever wins that game, I think it's going to be by, by about a field goal. So, I would say so I'm not sure what to expect early on in the season, but uh yeah, ATS, I'm going to be very tentative and it's going to be real real specific spots for this team whether it's fading or taking them on the spread here. I'm on the same exact spot as you. Now, I wouldn't say run to the window every week to nope. fade the Steelers by any means, but definitely 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 Keep your ear to the streets and think twice when you see some of these low spreads. You're like, the Steelers against the freaking Bengals? Are right. you kidding me? The Steelers against the Seahawks? They should mop them with their D. De- Just think about that. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Partner, I need you to think about something and lay it on me and them. Week one. The days. aforementioned. Holy shit. The aforementioned. Team of the day, Pittsburgh Steelers. We just went blank for a second there. It's all right. I'm reset. I'm back. The gears are grinding. The, the computer is reset. Does not compute. But I'm here. Good to go. Ready to rock and roll. No problem. The Pittsburgh Steelers go on over yonder to Buffalo to play the Bills. They are getting two field goals, six points in week one. Are you brave enough? To take the Buffalo Bills minus six and say, oh, they're getting it done in week one. Colts, you're right. I think they get that victory. No problem. Or are you saying, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know if the Bills come out that hot. Things going to be a shootout. Give me the six with the Steelers. I think I'm. Uh, I might be staying away from this one, man. I really don't know. I, that six points. Or option me, three: stay all yeah, the fuck away. <laughs> I mean, I'll give my pick here. I think the Steelers can make that a little muddier than we might expect. I'm not saying they win that game. I think the Bills will win that game, but. I could see it being within six points, um, but I'm still just not confident enough to take either side. So professionally, I'll say I'm staying away. I'll lean towards the Steelers, keeping it close, keeping that Bills offense off balance, and kind of making a grinded-out win for the Bills here in week one. So I'm leaning towards plus six for the Steelers. All right, leaning towards plus six. As much as I like the the Bills, man, shit. I think that game finishes by a touchdown. Actually, that's how I predicted it to finish. Uh, It's kind of a grind it out, and then Josh Allen whips it out, gets a touchdown by the end. So if they're giving me six, my prediction's at a touchdown. I got to take the six. Fair enough. I would lean to the Beefalo Bills, but... um, I can't hate you for it. I think I'm going to... uh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away with you in general as okay. well. And if you guys always, uh, if you didn't know, I uh, <laughs> that, why I always say Beefalo Bills. I'm sure you guys are fucking listening. Like, why the fuck does he say Beefalo, <laughs> yeah, not I, Buffalo? I, I'm used to it. So now. we had a uh, or Buffalo. We had a when I used to work in the restaurant industry in a previous life of mine. Mm-hmm. I was a server. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved it. We had a uh, chef. Ricky, one of my guys, guy loved him to death, dug me out of a fucking ditch when it was snowing one winter, coolest guy ever. But he would either call Buffalo sauce, he'd say, you got the beefalo sauce? So you got the buffalo sauce? So I, I always say either buffalo. beefalo or buffalo. <laughs> you got the buffalo sauce? So I always, I always like to say that. So it's an homage to Ricky. Uh, now you guys know and are privy to the late great Ricky. All right. That all being said, let's keep it moving with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is Ricky dead? No, no. He is. Said, still... We can't say late great. Well, That's I mean, what... okay, I guess he's not late and great. He's not dead. He's not dead. He's still around. He's still around. At least as far as I know. I hope I haven't. I haven't checked Facebook in a while. Fuck me. Hey, you never Prayers know. up to Ricky. Nah, Ricky's, Ricky? Ricky's good. Ricky and Betty are good as all get out. They're good. I promise. I promise they're good. All right. You never know what you're going to get here at the TTL pod. Back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Game total, uh, real quick, I wanted to look at a couple of game totals, uh, anything I saw there, and as a matter of fact, let's just keep this train moving. There ain't shit there. Actually, before you you go, there's going to be a handful of unders that I'll certainly take as long as it's not a super high-powered offense here. Okay, absolutely. Against the Steelers, I mean. Yeah, so, I mean, just uh, quickly, there are a handful of 47s, 48s, 48.5s, 49s. Those are those prime numbers, and it's going to, if you see a good defense, especially going against the defense of the Steelers, and there's any offensive question marks, definitely. Yeah, there's going to be some value mm-hmm. on the unders overall. And they were a little bit of an under team, uh, a little bit more of an over team last year. But again, if uh, I think those numbers were real low, if I do remember, the actually. numbers were really, really low. And if uh, the shootouts are happening, like I'm predicting, we might have some more overs than my partner's predicting. Yep. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. see what happens, but let's keep it moving back to the season win total. Told you guys already it is set at eight and a half wins. Once again, if you are with me, we think the Steelers are going to go 8-9 and nine in the 2021 season. If you're with Mags, you guys think you're going 9-8. and eight. So this puts us in quite the doggone pickle. It does. Um, I would hope you know the difference between over and under 8.5, uh, what side you might need there. So, little confused as to what these numbers mean, partner. Give me a little bit of insight here. Over 8.5... Is that plus one ten? Mm-hmm. It's the plus money. You're the plus money, Polly, in this situation. My under at eight wins, under eight and a half, is at minus one thirty. Am I crazy to think that uh, the hammering in the under is not too outlandish, or is this one just a stay away in general across the board? I don't know, man. I'm trying to dissect what these prices mean, but I think the books think they're going to be either an eight or nine win team. And I really think it is a stay away because you think of the history of the Steelers. I mean, two years ago, uh, without Big Ben, they still won eight games, for fuck's sake. So. <sighs> I think one way or another, they get to at least eight games, one with this defense and maybe some other flashes here and there, but I really don't know what we expect here because we gave them some wins that they could absolutely lose. We gave them some losses that they could absolutely flip and win. So I'm staying way the hell away from this one. I was kind of buying in the regression last year, I think, without really looking too deep into their schedule. And I picked the under uh, without, uh, you know, doing anything like we've done this year. I don't think I'm going to be doing that again, so I'm going to be staying away, partner. 
I think I would have to say stay away as well. I mean, when uh, we sit there and we have either one number above the over, one number below the under, if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know as stay the hell away, I don't know what more to right. tell you guys. I mean, that's that's prime on the money, and maybe we should try and uh, locate a sports book and start setting season win totals Seriously, for uh, football teams because we have been either me one over or one under or mags one over right. or one under in at least 22 out of these yeah. 25 shows. I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous. So per us, stay away. Do not worry about playing the season win total for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. Now, keeping this show steaming on down the tracks, we got to talk about a little bit of uh, conference division Super Bowl value. Are the books accurate to where we're saying? Well, if you do remember, I'm two and four. Mags is three and three. If you think about how uh, we talked about the Browns already and the Ravens already, that's probably right about third place in the AFC North, and that's right where the books have them, plus 440 right now. We do believe this is the Brownies' year, mm -hmm. but uh, we will not be hammered it in with just the value that's on it. So if you are a diehard Steeler fan, sure, sweat it out. But they could also win the North, and uh, I don't know. I don't see a path. Are you got any thoughts on the uh, AFC North? I mean, if you love the Steelers and you think they're going to be uh, way better than we're talking, I mean, plus 440 <sighs> is good value. Those two other teams are just really damn good. I mean, the Steelers could make the playoffs and still miss this division, or still uh, miss out on winning the division. That's so what I was thinking. I feel like if you're going to do something optimistic on the Steelers, if you're really loving them, if you're a big Steelers fan, if you're higher than we are, maybe take that playoffs, make the playoffs at plus 170. Uh, because the path to winning the division, I think, is just going to be too damn tough with either the Ravens or the Browns winning at least i would say one of them at least is going to win 12 games in my opinion yeah and i was going to go back to that after we got this uh all the way the make miss playoffs i'm glad you mentioned that too um no real value then kind of on the afc winner maybe they make the playoffs if you want to sweat that out too they're currently 10th at plus 2100 odds and then super bowl 56 plus 4400 that is uh 19th overall but yeah make miss playoffs kind of interesting yes is at plus 170 no is at minus 210 right now so, in my mind, I mean, if they get the over, they get 9-10 wins. Then again, 8-9 wins might not do it this year. I feel like that plus 170, they are begging you to take the yes to make it to the playoffs, and that's yet another red flag that goes up for me that see we see some type of regression here for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2021. Yeah, I think so too. I, I kind of have to walk back if you are optimistic. Alternate win total 9.5 is at plus 180. So if we think 10 wins is what the recipe for making the playoffs is, that would be a better bet than the plus 170 to make the playoffs. Okay, I like that for sure. Well, there you go. Make miss playoffs and then uh, some alternate value there as well. Well, not a whole ton of value in the future market for the Steelers, but we do uh, have a few side bets. You could potentially do a little sprinklage on if you are a huge fan of the Steelers. You got Najee Harris. Talked about him a good amount here today. Offensive Rookie of the Year is right at plus 900 right now. If he can uh, return the Steelers running game back to the Pittsburgh Steelers running game, then he sure damn yeah, has definitely. a good shot at this award. And then Defensive Player of the Year, TJ Watt. Uh, obviously, I'm going to stay away from this one. You know my guy. I'm still high as all hell 
on um, Chase Young. We'll continue to be high on Chase Young. And um, I'm going to say TJ Watts got some value plus 270. He could definitely have a good season. But I just think Chase Young is going to have some numbers this year, boys and girls. Yeah, I'm with you. I won't hammer it in. But like you, I do think it has the value, A, because he's going to put up ridiculous numbers and he's going to be on a really good defense. So that certainly helps his value and certainly helps his path. But like you, I am interested in Chase Young and Miles Garrett, one of those two guys as well, because I think those two are going to have, or at least one of those two is going to have an absolutely absurd year. So value, yes. Am I going to be hammering it in? No. All right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the entire season betting preview from the start all the way to the end in the future market side plays. Everything you need to know for the Pittsburgh Steelers betting season. Let's wrap things up here. Fourth and final segment of the day with our best fantasy advice in the segment we have coined start stash or pass. Without further ado, partner, kicking it over to you as always. Quarterback room, we have the man who has eats helmets better than I've ever seen in my life. Colton, that's twice. Why do, you, why do you keep doing that? Mason Rudolph or QB1 at this point in time, Ben Roethlisberger. Will you be targeting them in your upcoming draft? And if you are privy of getting your hands on either of these two gentlemen, will you be starting them, stashing them, or, hey, Colt, forget everything you just said. I'm passing on these fellers all together. You know, I think I might stash Big Ben, but I really, you know, I really have to be in a pinch if I'm taking him in the draft. Uh, he was number 14 quarterback last year in fantasy. I think we kind of see the same thing there, but, you know, kind of like we've seen throughout his career, there's going to be games where he looks absolutely terrible. He gets you, you know, 10 points in fantasy, and I think we might see that one or two more times than we're used to this year. Sure. So while I do think he might finish right around number 14, 15, and he's worth a backup spot, I'm definitely not starting him, and, you know, I'm going to be a little tentative on even drafting him this year. Sure. I uh, would be right there with you, man. I tried to play Ben Roethlisberger for the past two seasons in a side league of ours, not in our league. Right. Um, and it just never seems to pan out the way you need it to pan out. So uh, I just, once again, I don't think I can have faith for a third or fourth season here. Maybe worth a stash. Like you said, if you get in a pinch, possibly, but he definitely falls in that QB2 tier. And now we're getting to age 39. I think he falls a little bit into the mid to maybe even low of yeah. that second tier of QB2. I was looking this morning. I think ESPN has him ranked 20 coming into this year for quarterback. Really? Yeah. Wowzer Kapowser. All right. Well, that all being said, let's keep this uh, show steaming down the tracks here with, or this segment rather, with uh, the running back room. Obviously not a whole lot of value. We believe in the quarterback room. Not going to be going out of our way for Big Ben or Mason Rudolph. But the running backs might have some value here. Um, as far as Najee Harris goes, obviously you know me. Huge fan of the big uh, elephants down there in uh, Tuscaloosa. Roll Damn. damn tide. But um, I... I think Najee Harris, I'll put him in an RB2 uh, category. I think he has the potential to break out as an RB1. Sure. But just what we've seen from a production level from the Pittsburgh Steelers rushing game over the course of the last few seasons, it's just hard for me to believe that we see a huge major change and jump in that category. I know that Matt Canada knows it is a very big focus and maybe a reason why he keeps his job for a second year. But he is just too much of a passing guy for me to really believe that that uh, rushing game is going to really produce. So I think Najee has great season, but I will limit him to an RB2 role for the time being with definitely the possibility of an RB1 breakout. Yeah. Don't let <clears throat> me uh, think uh, let right. you think that I'm not saying that. 
um, for sure. And then Benny Snell has the potential to be an elite handcuff. He sure. was actually all the guys in the backfield last year. He was the best out of all of them when it came for an EPA per attempt uh, statistical category. So I like him as a handcuff. Um, I wouldn't go out of my way. If it's some of the late rounds and uh, you're kind of getting some of them bench running back spots filled, definitely take a look sure. at Benny Snell because he could be worth a spot. What do you think about the running backs here, Fantasy West? Very, very similar to you, my man. I think Najee Harris is a top-of-the-line RB2, and much like you, I think he could break out into being an RB1. I was looking at where he might be going in drafts. ESPN, I just mentioned about Big Ben, where they have him ranked. Najee Harris is coming in as the 12th ranked running back. And I think it's going to be really dependent on what you're seeing on your board coming mm. down when he is there. You know, I don't think you should reach too high from him. I think that ranking is perfect. But I don't think he's going to be falling too far beyond that. I mean, Antonio Gibson's right ahead of him. Nick Chubb, a couple of these other guys that I'm just a little bit more confident that, uh, you know, if they're healthy, we know what they're going to produce. So while I and then I don't think, you know, I still take him ahead of guys like Clyde Edwards, Hilaire and, uh, you know, a couple of these other guys that are, you know, 13 to 15th rank. So I'd love to have him, but I'm not I'm going to let somebody else reach a little higher for him. All right, I would have to uh, agree with you with everything you said, just you agree with everything that I said. So we're pretty much on the exact same damn page there for the running backs. So we're a little different maybe in the wide receiver room, I'm thinking here. So uh, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster obviously going to be the ones we can choose from the most here. I would say... Uh, I would put Chase Claypool in wide receiver two pool. Uh, no pun intended. Mm -hmm. um, I think he has the potential to break out as a wide receiver one, but I think he's going to be overvalued and overdrafted. And then if he doesn't break out this year, it is going to be a sore, sore loss for anybody who has them on their fantasy team. So I will limit him to wide receiver two, maybe even wide receiver three. I just think there's going to be more weeks than not that we're just not going to see that production. Okay. Juju... I don't know, man. I don't know if we've seen the best years of his career. I don't know if he needs TikTok in order to uh, have three, four touchdowns a game. I, I don't know. The the inconsistency factor is kind of really what it does it for me. It is too many question marks going into uh, into twenty twenty one. I won't be targeting him. I won't go out of my way for him by any means. Obviously, I'd put him in a wide receiver two flex category, solid flex for sure. But I I'm just not going to go out of my way for him. And then uh, Deontay Johnson, I'm actually pretty high on. Uh, solid, solid flex that uh, definitely has a wide receiver three potential wide receiver two breakout here in 2021 so i like him on the opposite side um of uh, schuster in the slot so i'm i'm a big fan of deontay johnson then uh james washington and ray ray mcleod definitely worth a red flag two sure. guys who have uh definitely shown flashes in the past so maybe could potentially fill a spot for you but sure. for now i'd stick with the main three and out of all of them i would target deontay johnson but the most value i would say chase claypool I uh I am right there with you for the most part. I actually think Deontay Deontay Johnson might have the most value out of this room though. All these guys were actually really close in points and average. I think Juju and Claypool, like you, are kind of just going to be overdrafted based off name for Juju, and then Claypool trying to take another jump here in his next year. And I I think they certainly have value. They were all three of them were right around 14 points per game uh, when they were active. So. I just think Juju and Claypool are going to be overdrafted. Deontay Johnson was number 21 fantasy receiver, 14.8 average. That includes a couple of games where he got like, I think two or three games where he had one point or less, but that's because he got hurt on like the first drive of the game. So his averages actually should be closer to 17 or so when he plays a full game. 
I really like Deontay Johnson. I had him for a while. I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe I traded him to you about halfway through the season. Yes, you did. Uh, you know, I was in playoff contention. You were not. But yep. uh, I would love to have Deontay Johnson again. I think people who didn't pay. Thanks for rubbing that in. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. People, people who didn't what pay. I do over here. <laughs> people who didn't pay close Minding attention. Minding my own fucking business, just taking fucking shots. Hey. I just said we made a trade. That's all I said. Uh, I think people are going to be overlooking Johnson though, if they didn't pay attention to what he did last year. And I think he's got the most value out of this room, man. No question about it. I do believe so as well. Uh, definitely from a consistency standpoint uh, right. over everything. And his target and, uh, share was higher than you would expect. And back to the efficiency track, mm -hmm. I think he just has the most capability of being efficient week to week, yeah. uh, more than Claypool and more than Smith-Schuster. Right. So. And like I said last year, there were spots where I was like, oh, I can start this guy. He's good. And then he gets hurt first drive of the game. Then he's out the next game. And then I put him back in. Then he gets hurt the first drive of the game. Yeah, and then he was good. luck with him. And then he was good year uh, after that. He was a nice trade piece, though. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. All right, uh, another pass catcher, tight end room, Eric Ebron. Has never been a huge, huge tight end asset in fantasy, but I do believe he could be kind of an asset for that uh, declining arm of Ben Roethlisberger this year, and potentially in the red zone as well. Nice little, little dump, dump offs, off. maybe nice little hey, uh, hey. five to seven. Hey, <laughs> nice uh, little five to seven per game. I don't know when, maybe, oh, good 30, 40 yards off of those. Sure. So, shit, I mean, you're looking at potential of 12, 13, 14-point fantasy okay. game on average from Ebron. So, maybe potentially, if anything goes wrong with uh, this wide receivers, if there's no connection, I really foresee Ebron kind of being that bailout option for Roethlisberger. So, I'd still slot him in that, you know, as we've been talking, the there's that upper echelon, and then the guys right below that upper echelon. I would put him in the top tier of those guys yep. for sure. I I wouldn't. There's some guys that are down at the bottom we've talked about, but I would I'd put him in that top tier and definitely worth a look if you kind of get the short end of the stick in the tight end market as I always seem to anymore nowadays. Definitely worth a look, but I would also have somebody who might be a potential ooh sleeper tight end, sleeper sure. breakout, somebody to kind of have as a handcuff, as much as you hate to handcuff a tight end, kind of oh, something yeah. to think about there. So that's my opinions on Ebron. I would definitely say start him, have somebody to handcuff. Yeah, I kind of like what you said there. He was number 14 tight end last year, 9.5 average. I think he ticks up a little bit, maybe he gets into that top 10, but kind of like you, if he's my, you know, what I anticipate to be my lowest scorer in my entire starting lineup, I'm pretty happy. Uh, if he's not, and he's you know one of my you know fourth or fifth option out of my fantasy lineup, that's not a not, not a good recipe at all. But if he's if I've got a you know if I spend all of my capital throughout the draft on tight end or without tight end, and then he's the last position I have to fill, I'm pretty happy. And like you said, I would love to pair him with a nice little sleeper tight end. So I'll absolutely start him. Um, if that doesn't uh, go how it goes, and I get a d different tight end, then I'm probably not going to waste uh, I know a tight end spot for him as a backup. But uh, I like uh, I like what you said there about the dump offs. Obviously, we jinxed each other there, but uh, I think there's going to be some production for Ebron this year. Yeah, most definitely. I uh, we are obviously on the same page for sure. And then as far as the kicker department goes, um, I am not sure off of hand who will be their kicker. I will uh, have it for you here in just a second. Do not worry. Do not worry. Colt is to we the rescue. We got both of our computers. Hopefully, doing some shit right yeah. Now. Hopefully, uh, doesn't uh, kind of go into uh, Chris Boswell. Chris Boswell. Yeah, that's uh, that's who I thought it would be so um boswell obviously has been kind of one of those guys you can depend on uh from year to year in sure. fantasy obviously not one of the top level tier guys 
if I need a kicker um, and I'm in a pinch and I haven't got any of the top guys, I definitely think Boswell is worth a spot on your roster. So don't be afraid to uh, pick him up, but definitely don't go out of your way to be one of the first kickers you pick up if you do have some other options to choose from. Yeah, most definitely. This defense, in my mind, um, I definitely think they will be solid. Uh, I, I think they finish somewhere around top 10 for sure. But there's going to be a few weeks where they might cost you a game or two. They might only put up two or three points. They might be in a 35 to 38 shootout, and that's never good for a defense fantasy-wise. They might not do anything terrible from a sheer game perspective, but fantasy, you're losing points by the second as that's happening. So not only yardage, but also by points. But I also think that there could be potential for them to win you some games in week to week. So... If um, if you need an option, you need a defense option, I would say start him for sure. I, I With them kind of being a, uh, projected in the top 10, I would definitely say start him. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, well, like we talked about earlier, I'm higher on this defense. Number two defensive fantasy last year. I think they slipped just based off schedule. But, I mean, even obviously a lot of it was a cupcake schedule. But even as, the, uh, as things got tougher, they never allowed more than 30 points last year. And I think that changes a couple times this year, like you kind of mentioned. But... You know, I will absolutely draft them. I'll start them. I feel like based off what they are, I think people will probably be drafting them in the top three defenses. But like I said, with that schedule, I think they slip out of that. So maybe don't do that. But I love to have a man. I love this defense. But I definitely would like to pair them with somebody else when they've got uh, when they're facing one of these big offenses. Most definitely. I would definitely agree with you. So once again, sounds like we're pretty much on the same for the most page. Part. Um, pretty for the most part outside of the wide receiver room. So for the most part, we're uh, kind of all lined up on the fantasy value for the Steelers there. So there you go. Our best fantasy advice who you should be starting, stashing, or passing on altogether. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that officially does it. The full season betting preview, not betting preview, the full season preview, everything all encompassing. How the hell would we have just spent an hour and 19 minutes on only betting? Well, I'm sure it could be possible, but covered a lot else in between there for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, before we, uh, Get into a few announcements here. Get into a little bit of banner, RMAG sidebar, my motivation minutes, see all what's truly happening out there. Quickly, let's send these Pittsburgh Steelers and their coaching staff on about their uh, 2021 season's the only way we know how. So, to Mike Tomlin, Matt Canada, and Keith Butler, we wish you the best of luck in your 2021 coaching seasons there in the Steel City. To every offensive, defensive player and member of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, we wish you the best of luck in 2021. As always, Godspeed. Godspeed. All right. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. There you have it. No more Pittsburgh Steelers. No more, well, maybe NFL. We might have a little something. Who knows? But no more Pittsburgh Steelers. It is now TTL after hours, if you will. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. First things first, let's get this bad boy out of the way. Partner, anything burning on the brain, melting on the heart, festering on the soul, you have been dying to get out to the kind folks that joined us on episode number 114 of the TTL pod on this beautiful August 31st, 2021. Alrighty, so a couple different things here. First off with the Steelers, Mr. Big Ben could find himself top five in passing yards at the end of the season all time. He's about 3,000 away, so as long as he plays 
if all season, which we, you know, we'll see about that if that happens. But uh, he is currently seventh, and like I said, he's about three thousand away from sneaking into that top five. He's currently eighth in TDs behind Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Um, if he has a you know a solid season or even an average season, he should move into that uh, number six spot. He's 25 away from Dan Marino at number five, but as I mentioned, Rodgers is in front of him. So Rodgers should sneak into that top five with Mr. Big Ben sliding into number six. So that's it for the Steelers, but I do have a little on this day, 1990. Ken Griffey Jr., Ken Griffey Sr. became the first father-son duo to play on the same team in the same game. They hit back-to-back singles in the first inning, and both of them scored. Mr. Sr. was 40 years old. Jr. was 20 years old. Wow, and they were not on the same team, correct? They were on the same. They were team. on the same yep. team. Right. Yeah, it was like Griffey Senior's second to last year. They found his, he found a way to get on to the Seattle Mariners, obviously, and that was Junior's second year. Okay, well, hey, little did you know, both Ken Griffey's played as the first father son duo. First father son duo to play on the same team to play place. on the same team on this day in 1990. You never know what you find here at the TTL pod. Thank you for your sidebar as always. Of course. All right. Well, that does it. Let's get into a little banter, a little nonsense, a little what's going on with TTL Sports Media, everything before we get y'all out of here. About 11.30, we got my motivation minutes too, so stick around. But uh, as a reminder, we already talked about it during this show. This upcoming Friday will be the college Mm -hmm. football special show. Uh, We will also now, as a crew, decided we're bringing back the Moneyline Dice on the show as well. So we'll have a nice little guest appearance there by the cubicle objects, our our favorite cubicle objects on the planet. Excuse me. And then uh, after that, we will resume the NFL Special Editions on Monday. That will be Monday, September the 6th. We will be back in action on NFL Special Editions. Then September the 8th, that is our final NFL Special Edition. It has been a long road, a long, not very treacherous, but very, very long road. It is now winding to an end, so our final episode will be exactly eight days from today next wednesday we will close out the nfl special editions with the washington football team and riverboat ron himself that also being said we will resume business as usual on that following thursday so september the 9th we uh will be back to uh the show the talking the line pod as you know and love it my picks our mags picks the uh, special play of the day, money line dice roll, and then anything we might roll around in there. We also might tighten it up, shorten it up a little bit, um, take away the random reactions, and then maybe do a little sideshow uh, or something additional on the side where you guys can connect with us and we can kind of give you our hot takes and our, our sports news right. and stuff like that as well. Because we love doing that, but we kind of want to stay niche and keep this as uh, clean and concise and as easily consumable for uh, those either just getting into the betting market or wanting to uh, get into sports gambling at some point in time. Uh, so, or, or have been for the, the entire length of their, their life. Yeah. Trying to expand their knowledge. So 
that all being said, um, we will be back to business as usual on September the 9th. So stay tuned for that. We also are uh, still cashing MLB tickets, still doing good. You had a solid day. I had a so-so day yesterday. Um, you can uh, get all of our best bets of the day if you go to the Action Network app. If you have that, I am at cash underscore with underscore Colt. Riley is at rmags in all caps. And then you can follow the Talking the Line best bets uh, when we go back to the daily show at Talking the Line. Then, uh, too, if you don't have the Action app, you can go to the link tree or just type in TalkingTheLine.com in your website's browser up over yonder. And uh, all you got to do from there is just hit the Today's Best Bets tabs. You'll see all of our daily best bets. You'll be able to bet them right from the uh, the screen there. Then you also will see live lines and odds and all types of other content that you can go and check out and consume there on TalkingTheLine.com. So we got plenty of other avenues for you guys to check out if you have not yet. Well, I've been dancing around it, <laughs> but other than that, it's time to uh, let the cat out of the bag here, kids. I am so incredibly excited to be able to announce this to you guys. I can't believe we actually have the opportunity to do this. Um, as I'll kind of talk about in my motivation minutes, hard work, hard work, my friends, it's all it takes. You want to get up, you want to chase your passions, you want to chase your dreams, just get up and go work every single day. And because of what you don't see us do off of this show, we have been afforded to create another show. So that being said, I told you guys yesterday, but if you weren't tuned in, the live show will always remain. We will always have Monday through Friday, the Daily Best Bets live show, no question about it. But we are rolling out on September 9th, a brand new recorded series. We plan to do it season by season. Um, they might be, as far as length of season, we don't know for sure yet. We're thinking right around seven to 10 episodes, um, maybe a little shorter, maybe a little more. That's kind of still up in the air, but obviously not that important. What is important is what's the show about? You guys already do enough gambling. What the hell can you possibly got going on? Well, What's going on? Well, I am honored and privileged to be able to tell you guys that we are bringing one of the first shows of its kind that I've really seen stone cold how we have it set up um, to the sports gambling market and or the sports gambling industry. The name of the show is called Wise Words. And if you are not privy, uh, we're wise guys, yeah. you know, we got some wise words, little play on words there for you, but you're not just tuning in to see our two ugly mugs sit here and talk. No, sir. You do that Monday through Friday for an hour and a half, maybe a little longer, depending. We will be having wise words as an interview based show, basically like your standard podcast. You would go out and watch a Joe Rogan experience, if you will. However, it is all designed around the sports gambling industry so our guests will be and you'll hear this very soon and i won't tell you how but you hear this very soon some of the most electric sharpest and brightest minds in our industry we're talking professional handicappers we're talking daily experts and analysts that live in Las Vegas and make their home at sports books. We're talking odds makers 
of sports books, of major brick and mortar facilities, and of online sports betting. We're talking different sports. We're talking different sports across the board. We're talking not only football during this time of the year. We got golf guests lined up. We got baseball guests lined up. Hell, we even got a couple tennis guests on the horizon. We also have, on top of all the experts and betting and stuff on top of that, we have plenty of other guests that you guys are not going to want to miss out on. If there is somebody you have heard at some point in time in the sports gambling industry, you best believe you me, we have made some type of connection with them and we are either in process of securing them for a spot on Wise Words or have already. Now, once again, so excited to be able to bring Wise Words to you guys. Uh, it'll be a little bit different. It is going to be recorded if I didn't mention that. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure I did. So what we'll do is uh, we'll obviously tape these episodes uh, with our guests throughout our week, stuff like that. And then we will release them on every single Wednesday. So kind of give you a little bit of breather, a little bit of something to look forward to every week outside of the daily show. And then also a chance for not only us to learn yeah we get a shitload of opportunity to learn from some of the best minds in our industry but we also let you guys learn too and maybe connect with people who you didn't know about but then all of a sudden connect with like that as soon as you see them we want to bring more and more people into the sports gambling industry we want to show you everybody that this is not a taboo industry this is not something that people should be afraid of I talk to so many people so often and they're like, oh, I just don't want to be the guy who's taking out thousands and thousands. And then I'm like, you don't have you to You just be. don't do that. I'm <laughs> not that guy. And I run a daily sports gambling guy, podcast. Pal. I'm not that guy, pal. So <laughs> what I'm telling you is, is in a nutshell, we are bringing you an interview-based show called Wise Words that we will be interviewing some of the brightest, sharpest, most electric minds in all of the sports gambling industry, giving you insights and their analysis straight from the horse's mouth, if you will, something you might not be able to find anywhere else. Right. I've seen people feature on shows. I've seen people do it, but you got to dig open, and find the right spot. Open, unbuttoned, laid back conversation with the TTL crew. I don't very uh, see that all too often. So it's going to give these guys and gals mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and gals, maybe think about that, a uh, little hint for you there as a potential guest. It's going to give them an opportunity to really unbutton the shirt, if you will, and kind of kick back and, and connect with guys who look up to them, guys who are huge fans of them and who aim to model their careers in the same passion and form that they did. Right. So cannot wait. To bring wise words to you guys again, first episode is going to be on September the 8th, that Wednesday, and then every Wednesday following that for eternity or until we run out of guests or whoever the hell knows, we will be releasing a brand new episode of Wise Words. Now, we will let you know on every Wednesday show, uh, we'll always release it probably after the TTL pod, yep. uh, right around uh, 1 o'clock somewhere in that ballpark we'll always let you know hey new episode coming out today we got guests so and so i'm not going to tell you who our first guest is yet because i'll save that for when uh we give you the reminder on this upcoming tuesday and wednesday so once again i cannot wait uh it has been kind of a struggle holding that cat in the bag and giving as many uh hints as i could possibly so uh cannot wait 
to bring that to you guys. Uh, stay locked in to uh, the pod, the daily show, to get updates there. And then also on our Twitter, I'll definitely uh, put out some stuff in regards to wise words. I might not uh, start doing it till a little bit later on in the week, so you guys are a little uh, privy to some of the early information if you decided to tune in live or stop by today's show. But new show coming. Wise Words is on the horizon, and we are going to be connecting with you with some huge, huge names. <laughs> it is because of you guys. We get up every single day, and we keep grinding, and it is because of you guys that we have these opportunities. So thank you so much. Please tell your friends, tell your brothers, tell your uncles, tell your neighbors, everybody, if they don't believe we have good insights and analysis and our picks aren't worth a shit, fine. That's okay. I can accept that. But we's about to connect you with motherfuckers that you cannot even hold a flame to an argument that they don't know what they're talking right. about. So I suggest at the bare minimum, you get everybody corralled, get in the caravan, meander on over to Wise Words HQ when we tell you to, strap in, open up the ear holes, and get ready to get fucking flooded with knowledge Yes, you won't find anywhere else. Whew. All right. There you go. That's Goodness. all of the updates. Wanted to make sure you guys knew about all of that. Uh, also, a reminder, hit that link tree in the episode uh, description. If I haven't told you already, uh, get all of our social platforms, additional content, and the talkingtheline.com website in one nice location. That all being said, let's put a cherry on the proverbial Sunday that has been episode number 114 of the Talking the Line podcast, The Only Way I Know How. Seems to me we just had some real good whipped cream be inserted there over the course of the last 5-10 minutes. Let's drop a nice Mancini cherry? Is that what it is? Mar Mancino? Marin Ma Ma uh, Fuck, I really uh, fucked that one up, didn't I? Uh, ah, nice red, beautiful cherry. A Bing cherry. Ah, Bing cherries don't belong on Sundays. Oh, Marchino man. cherries? Marchino cherries. I know there's a fan okay, out there. I know there's a man out there or a fan yelling at the screen right now. You dumbasses. It's whatever word it is and we don't have an idea. So That's ugly. let's put that cherry on top of the Sunday, <laughs> whatever it may be, with my motivation minutes. Now, told you uh, guys, if you say we're here at the beginning of the show, uh, this is going to be just a little bit of a continuation on from yesterday. Now, yesterday I talked about um, looking back in your past and not getting tripped up by what's already behind you was the quote of the day. And I gave you that mental image, if you remember, of walking down your path and it's a beautiful day and you're skipping along and the birds are chirping and the flowers are there and the sun's shining and you see a boulder in your path and you say, oh, geez, I got to move out of the way of that and you get around it and keep walking and you get about... 25 30 feet down the way and you say i wonder what it would have felt like if that rock could just trip me up so then you stick your foot all the way back and you keep trying to trip yourself over and over and over again for no reason in particular that's what it's like dwelling on your past trying to allow your past to dictate where you're going and your future and allowing it to trip you up in your day-to-day -day life well today i wanted to talk in a different tense, I wanted to talk about the future, because if you do remember yesterday, I talked about where you're at, where you want to be, and where you're going. Well, let's talk about where you're going. Also, another mental image for you here today. And when you're thinking about this, kind of think about it in the same light that you're on this same path and make it one story. However it looks in your head, make it one story, and I'll tell you why here in just a minute. But you're walking down that same path. It's 
beautiful day, the sun's shining, birds chirping, the flowers are just blooming as perfect as they could possibly be, not a cloud in the sky. And instead of just worried about what potential boulder could be right in front of your path and trying to avoid that so it doesn't trip you up here and now, you strain your eyes as hard as you can for the next 100 to 200 feet. And you're looking at every boulder out there and damn, that one looks really big. Holy shit. And as you start to walk, you worry more and more. Man, that one is huge. Oh my gosh. And you get closer and closer. Well, wait a minute. Closer and closer. Oh, oh wow. That was just a small rock. That really wasn't a boulder at all. But then as you get to it, you eyes back up again and oh my gosh there's another huge boulder oh i don't know if i can get it around that how am i going to possibly make it around that boulder how is that possibly not going to trip me up if you haven't put the metaphor together yet that is what it's like being right here and now and looking at your problems in the future and looking at what could happen in the future and allowing question marks that you have zero control over or have zero ability to get the answers to you allow those to dictate how you live your life right now you are not future you yet you are still learning you are still growing you are still supposed to be here so why worry about what's going on out there and later it's already taken care of i can promise you that whether you have a spiritual belief or not i can promise you it is already taken care of. So my quote for you today that I want you to remember as you also remember, and oh, before I give you the quote, why I want you to put it together as a full story is because it's a mental image of where you were at, where you want to be, and where you're going, and where you're at, and where you were. Sorry, where you were, and where you're at, and where you want to be. It's a mental image. You have that past of trying to trip yourself up but also trying to look too far ahead and everything. Stay right here and now. Keep yourself in the middle of that path. Take time to look at the flowers blooming. Take time to take stock of what boulders might be in your path and how you can get around them or how you can overcome them and smash through them. Take stock of how beautiful the sky is, the birds chirping. Take some time to take a breath and let the air come into your lungs. The quote I wanted to give you guys today is don't worry about the future, just go. Or also, don't worry about how you're going to get to the future, just go. And that's Colton J. Soroka, ladies and gentlemen, that's not nobody else. Don't worry about what's on the road ahead. Don't worry about how big that boulder might be. Because 90% of the time, and yes, there is a little 10% sometimes, but 90% of the time, you're going to get to that boulder that you saw 100 yards in the distance, and it's going to be a pebble you can skip across the lake. And it's going to be nothing that you even had to worry about. So what I wanted, another quote I wanted to leave you with, and this is from Ogmandino, a very, very powerful man. If you haven't read any of his books or any of his quotes, I highly suggest you look him up. But he once said, tomorrow is only found in the calendar of fools. And that is so powerful that if you are so worried, you, you are foolish to be worried 
about what tomorrow might hold. You are foolish to try and write down everything you can possibly accomplish tomorrow and do and, and this and that and the other because chances are it's going to turn out entirely different than you could ever plan it to be. Tomorrow is only found in the calendar of fools. So putting this all together, as you think about your mental image, looking at those boulders in the future, forget about that. Stay right here and now. As you start to think about not worrying what the future holds or how you will get to the future and just go, when you start to have that mindset, what you'll find is that you just work. And I talked about it a little bit ago when I talked about us having wise words now. We just got up and worked. We just got up and let our winds stir every day. Generated a little momentum, a little bit of energy, a little bit of something. Just always work. Never still. Never stopping. Even if we didn't accomplish the world that day, we moved a little wind. And eventually, if you think about moving the winds in your life and how you can do it every single day, eventually, the storms of change will come and you will be at your future before you know it. Your future will knock on the door and ask you if you're ready when you least expect it and when you're not looking for it. So stay right here and now. Do not trip over what is in your past and do not worry about how you're getting to the future. Just go, be right here and right now and worry about what you can do to be the best version of you in this moment. I hope you guys really enjoyed this kind of mini-series, and uh, I hope you were able to take some good, uh, good rabbit holes home with you. That does it for my motivation minutes of the day. My man, great stuff. First of all, I think there's a uh, certain line from a certain favorite art artist of ours that you may have looked past i don't know go ahead uh looked across horizon saw a mountain when i got there <laughs> just a pile of rocks just a pile of rocks said yeah, goddamn i was hoping <laughs> i said goddamn i was hoping you were uh going to be somewhere in that wavelength as well well you started talking about boulders and i was like wait this sounds like a lot like this, this mac miller line did i miss him say this already no you didn't <laughs> uh so yeah mac miller ascension that's uh that's how it starts um i woke up uh or i looked across the horizon and uh saw a mountain when i got there i realized it was just a pile of rocks I and mean, I can't that can't uh that can't be more true and more powerful and uh I hope that does something for you guys for sure cuz it's uh it's got a place in my heart for sure. So uh that does it officially my motivation minutes of the day. All right, we'll keep knocking them out of the park, no question. You need a little extra inspiration, motivation get you on about your day all Keep teeing them up, uh, no question. We actually, we actually got a uh, new week, uh, new week, uh, new month coming uh, this week is tomorrow. what I was trying to say. Tomorrow, and as you know, if you've been a fan of the Motivation Minutes, Colt's monthly quote is about to come over yonder around the bend. Don't know if I'll uh, have everything updated on my calendar because it is the middle of a week and I've just been utilizing my computer. So maybe we'll have to wait for Monday through that. Oh, so maybe sure. I just teased the whole fucking thing. Right. It's not going to be real, but. Just so you know. It's coming. There you go. Outside of that, uh, yes, you're right. It is coming. Uh, outside of that, uh, nothing major. Michael Thomas on the pup list. Okay, Michael Thomas now on the David pup Bakhtiari list. David Bakhtiari on the pup list, but oh. I kind of expected that. So okay. pup list, for those who don't know the duration, that means player's going to be out 
regardless of if they come back hell or regardless if they heal up, they're out six weeks regardless. First Absolutely. week, first six weeks. So, hey, there's our there's guest number one. Ah, guest number it. one saying, hey, I accidentally clicked on it. He's uh, he just said, hey, drop me a line. I got something to talk to you about. So, <laughs> I can't fucking believe I'm about to have a phone call with this guy. This is my fucking life. Holy hey. Proud of you, motherfucker. Let's fucking, go. Let's fucking do this. Uh, well, outside of that, I hope you guys are as excited to uh, get what we got coming in wise words as uh, I am and Mags is to bring it to you guys. But for now, we've gone 15 minutes longer than we usually do, so it's time to send you fine folks on about your way the only way we know how. So, ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, fans of the NFL Shield, NFL betters, fantasy football players, anybody I might have so clumsily forgotten, far and wide, from myself and Mags. Thank you so much for choosing to stop by episode number 114 of the Talking the Line podcast. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate all of your support, all of your following, and continuing to stop by the daily show. We will soon have new and improved content for you to stop by, and we'll have all types of additional stuff outside of the TTL pod and wise words for you guys to consume come football season. You better believe we are rocking and rolling. If you haven't yet, we are just about to hit orbit. So please, you still got time. Strap into the rocket ship, nice and firm, if you haven't already, and let's get ready to no go. No seatbelts. I put the seatbelt yeah. down. No seatbelts. Fuck, Fuck seatbelts. Seat We're going high risk, high security. No security here, ladies. <laughs> no fucking security here, ladies and gentlemen. You know me. I'm the black sheep. That's the only way we roll. So without further ado, all of you out there, we hope you have a spectacular rest of your Tuesday, unless you have other plans. Make sure you check out those best bets of the day so you can stay with us very soon. Let's cash some tickets. <laughs>